There are secrets out there, guys, performance marketing secrets, and knowing just one or two of them can absolutely light up your funnels. Let's go. This is the Revenue Driven CMO. I'm your host, Chris Mechanic. Join me as I uncover the secrets of the world's most elite CMOs marketing leaders. The Revenue Driven CMO is sponsored by Web Mechanics, the AI-driven performance agency that makes you smarter. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another exciting episode of Revenue Driven CMO. I'm your man, Chris Mechanic. I have a really interesting guest today, an amazing marketer and advisor uh, to multiple companies like Asymmetric, Atomico. He's a coach, he's a mentor, uh, and he currently is heading up marketing at Beamery, which is a 400-person organization, but he was employee number six, literally. So, uh, you know, those types of stories don't happen unless there's something special under the scene. So I'm super duper excited to welcome to the show, Mr. Ben Slater. Welcome to the show, Ben. Thanks, Chris. Excited for the conversation and excited to be here. Yeah, likewise. And uh, And just from you know, your background and also having spoken with you on the pre-call, like, I know that this is going to be an awesome one. So let's (laughs) jump right in. (laughs) Yeah. Sounds good. Let's jump right in and let everybody know what is one of your best kept secrets to marketing success? I love it. We're getting into the meaty questions straight away. Um, I think for me, it's the true power of an integrated campaign strategy that tells a big story. Um, but let, let me back up a bit first. So in marketing, it's so easy to fall into the trap of random acts of marketing, right? We all have so many different tactics at our disposal. We can run webinars, set up content syndication, launch a new social channel. And, you know, when you do this, the team is always busy, but you're always in reactive mode, right? You're always scrambling yeah. to get the next asset live. And there isn't a clear message and structure and, you know, process is, is the first thing that falls by the wayside. Uh, you can also fall into the trap of incrementalism, right? Doing more stuff, but finding it hard to materially move the needle, needle or take a big jump forward. Yeah. So, you know, by contrast, for me, the secret, the secret is, is, is telling a big story, right? Um, a, a unified and integrated campaign strategy with a single consistent message across all channels. And, Look, it, it sounds simple, right? And in theory, it shouldn't be too much of a secret. Um, but, you know, let me unpack a little bit more what I mean and kind of break down the process and the way that I think about it. Yeah. So, you know, for me, it all starts with a single clear message that is based on the business strategy, right? Not not what you believe in marketing, but, you know, what your company wants to be known for in the market. So this is a big story, not a sort of tactical feature or benefit, and the question that you know you need to ask yourself as a as a leader or you know with your leadership team in, in marketing is you know what is the shift in the market what's the existential threat to your customers what is the thing that you know CEOs will sit up and take notice of so mm-hmm. you know once you have that uh, you know the next step for me is you know building a really clear messaging framework you know what is your right to tell the story what is the unique differentiators that you have that will support in the in the minds of the customers. And then, and then you can work through how you bring this story to life with different programs and assets. Um, you know, do you have launches or product developments that can tie into it? You know, how are you supporting different stages of the funnel? How are you moving people through? Um, and do you have the whole marketing organization aligned around this message? Because it's no good, you know, having this 
you know, spending all this time developing this story and then having different regions, you know, off off over here speaking about something completely different. Right. Um, and, and then obviously it needs to be aligned by, by kind of sales messaging and enablement. So, um, you know, when you're planning for it, and again, I think this is an area where, where we can often fall down, you initially need to, to instead of starting by marketing this externally, you need to market it internally, right? So mm-hmm. how do you build internal awareness, roadshow the campaign, get buy-in, get feedback? Um, and then when you do take it to market, it's obviously not a once and done job. It requires commitment, consistency. And, you know, from what I've seen, we need to have something in market six to 12 months at, at the minimum, right? To really start to get that message across. Mm-hmm. You know, it tends to be the situation that, you know, when you're bored of your message, that's when it's starting to work, right? Yeah. Um, but but look, when, this, when, when this stuff works, right, it has it has pretty significant impacts in terms of awareness, in terms of building internal alignment and excitement around your company story, in terms of getting everyone on the team rowing in the right direction, in terms of pipeline, in terms of revenue. And look, you can still measure performance of, you know, individual assets, webinars, things you put live. And look, we do a Beamery. But ultimately, you want to understand whether, you know, the campaign and the campaign strategy is is moving the needle on the big stuff, right? Is it changing what, you know, people understand your company to be in the market? Is it altering brand sentiment? Is it creating more pipeline? Um, you know, we're always going to have urgent requests, things we need to accommodate. But I think, you know, we all need to remember that the things you say yes to matter more than you realize. And if we're not careful, we can end up running from, you know, one urgent priority to the next and we lose sight of that big story. So for me, the secret is start with the big story, right? Put, put your, uh, put your eggs into that basket and really make sure that it's aligned with the company strategy and that every other department is, is on board that understands the message that you're going to market and can, uh, and can play the back, play back the messaging to you and, and hopefully you'll be successful. Yeah. You know, that, that does make a lot of sense. And I think as marketers, all of us at some point have been guilty of random acts of marketing, right? Yes, and like we ourselves, and we have many clients who basically just go white paper to white paper almost, uh, and with, and without lacking that big story. So I love the concept of starting with the big story. Another thing you said that jumped out at me that I love was um, start the campaign internally, like start by, you know, selling this big idea internally. And I imagine you would get a lot of feedback, you know, in that process to really fine tune it. But I think that's so important and goes such a long way toward alignment and sales enablement and messaging. Because the worst is like, you know, when like if you were to get a lead that came in that was exposed, you know, to this big story idea, and then the sales team just like you know had no idea really what what that um, messaging and and that framework even was. But I'm curious, like, like it it makes perfect sense, but it's also in some way hard to do. Like, what do you think are the barriers? Like, why? How come more marketers aren't you know starting with this big story and then? Uh, being very coordinated and strategic like why do you why do you think we fall victim to random acts uh, of marketing so frequently it's it's a really great question and and look you're totally right we we all do i think um part of it is 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 taking the time to what's that um navy seal saying you know 
slow is smooth, smooth is fast, right? Um, part of it is taking the time to slow down and, you know, do the hard work, and it is hard work, right, of building out that campaign story. And, you know, that's contingent on you having a really clear company story, right? If yeah. you're trying to be all things to all people, it's it's actually quite challenging for marketing to to tell, uh, you know, uh, or put a message in market that is, that is really clear and really consistent. Mm-hmm. So that's where, that's where we start. And then I, I think it's also making sure that you have the internal alignment that this is where you're going to invest in over mm-hmm. the next, you know, let's say six to 12 months. And that this is the reason why, you know, there's a significant market shift in a certain direction and to take advantage of it and you know, position ourselves as a, as a leader within the category or to move the category in a new direction. You know, we have to invest in putting this significant thought leadership message out into market and, you know, build a, awareness and internal understanding as to what that means. Because, you know, we, we forget that not everyone in the business understands the nuances of marketing, right. And understands, right you know, I understand the, how, how these things come together. So I think it's starting with the big message uh, and, you know, then making sure that you have alignment as to what bringing that message to market actually means, right? And if you can do that hard upfront work, I think you give yourself really good runway to uh, to kind of commit to this direction. And you also give yourself an ability to push back on you know requests that might come in from different areas of the business you know yeah. yes this is important but hey we committed to this is it more important than this right and hopefully if you've done that upfront alignment and you know if if the story that you committed to is the big story for the company you know you should be able to navigate those requests internally but look it's it's not easy right <laughs> um and often you need to find a level of balance because there will be things that come up that you do need to get done, right? And that's just part of the the blocking and tackling of being a, a marketer. Well, it's certainly not easy, uh, but in a way it might. So, so there's a lot of upfront work, you know, like a lot of just thought and uh, strategy that goes into upfront. But if this is a longer term campaign, like if it's going to mm. be running for six to 12 months, that's almost i mean it sounds almost easier than you know running around scrambling like trying to put out campaign after campaign you know what i mean so i'm curious like so for the six to 12 months that this is in market like what are you doing during that time is it a matter of mostly like monitoring and analyzing or are you like slowly scaling spend up or like what? What do you do during that six to twelve month period when it's in market? It's a great question, and what we'll have is uh, we'll have programs uh, that are tied to the overarching campaign message, the overarching story, going live every week, every month, right? Mm-hmm. So there's always there's always stuff happening, right? There's always you know new assets coming to market, webinars, events. But everything is tied to that overarching story, so we yeah. can, we can be consistent, right? And we can educate the market in the direction that we want um so yeah it's certainly not you know we launch one thing and we we just kind of sit sit in the dashboard and look at the data um you know i think activity is is important and um you know you want to particularly if you're selling to a you know a smaller audience like we are so we sell directly to enterprise you know you need to keep uh you know what you're putting in market fresh but it needs to be consistent with the story 
Yeah. So um, probably for a lot of people listening, they're like, hey, you know, this makes sense, but they want an example. Um, mm-hmm. I want to learn more about Beamery. I want you to tell me, you know, kind of what Beamery is about, but I also, I'm dying to hear, and I can tell that you have one. Like I can tell you have a really powerful win story probably from from a campaign like like this, which was thoughtful and based around a big story and then, you know, had other activities and other assets to support it. Could you tell us a big win story? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, uh, yeah, maybe I'll talk about a campaign that's uh, that's just uh, that just wrapped at the end of August. Uh, we have a new one in market that we've just launched, um, which is kind of focused on a new business direction. Yeah, uh, it would probably be helpful also um, just to give a little bit of context around Beamery for anybody that's not seen it. Abs- I know. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, maybe I'll start with that. So Beamery is a um, an AI platform that helps large organizations manage the entire talent lifecycle in in one place. So what we mean by that is, you know, they manage everything from attracting the right talent to uh, to hiring, um, you know, potential high performers to uh, managing the kind of upskilling and talent development process as well. So it's really a single control center to make sure you're able to build your workforce of the future. And we sell to yeah, 4,500 style businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, for us, what's been fascinating to track is the total explosion of the, uh, of the, of the world of work tech, right? Um, you know, I think we can trace this kind of acceleration of change back to COVID, right? Where you saw, businesses start to work in different ways where you saw huge strain on the talent market, right? Yeah. Based on things like remote hiring and you saw an acceleration of digital transformation that put a you know big crunch in terms of what skills were available and what skills were needed for organizations. And, you know, although we've come out of the pandemic and, you know, we've seen uh, things like remote work maybe dialed down in terms of importance, businesses, every business is still on a skill transformation journey, right? Mm-hmm. And every business needs to be able to be more agile and make decisions about their workforce in a way that leverages the data around who they have today and who they're going to need in the future. Most mm-hmm. businesses, you know, this is like, this is just because the software and the technology doesn't really exist. But most businesses don't have a really clear view of the skills they have today in their workforce and the skills they can need in the future, right? Yeah. So o- over the past year, what we've run is a campaign that educates, uh, you know, the market around the importance of talent agility and talent resilience, right? Mm-hmm. So being able to uh, deploy skills in your business into the areas where they need it most, to be able to instead of just going to going out to the market when you have a job. Um, instead looking internally to see whether there are opportunities for you to upskill and um you know obviously increase efficiency and save cost by by doing that and increase mm-hmm. employee uh, engagement as well and you know what what a business needs to do to adopt those types of techniques how does it need to change and how how can that ultimately create a, an organization that is more resilient to yeah. potential changes in the market and obviously, a lot of this story was very aligned with the changing economic scenario that we were headed into towards the end of last year. Yeah. Um, so look, for, for us, it was really helpful because, you know, we were able to take our proposition, right, which is one tied to the HR 
part of the business and elevate it to speak to a broader business value, right? That Beamer mm-hmm. is providing. We were helping yeah. businesses, you know, adapt, whether that was, um, you know, them needing to go through certain restructuring or whether that was, um, you know, them needing to dramatically increase productivity or uh, efficiency. We were showing them ways that they might be able to do that from a thought leadership standpoint and obviously mm-hmm. building our reputation as a player that supported that, not just helped, you know, them get the right person in the right role. But for us, it was, it was very impactful. And obviously if we looked at the, um, the numbers in terms of, you know, delivery of pipeline and, uh, and, uh, and, and everything like that, 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 that all, that all came out ahead of plan, which again is exactly what you want to see here. And I'm, I'm lucky to have a great, uh, marketing programs group led by, um, by J- Joey Lai, who leads it at Beamarine. She's fantastic. That's awesome. Yeah, and I'm on the site right now. I mean, you guys are working with some major companies, VMware, Workday, Appian, Accenture, AstraZeneca. I'm just on your uh, demo request page. But that's amazing. I mean, those are those are some serious companies. Yeah, look, we're, we're, we're lucky to have some pretty fantastic uh, clients. I think for us, you know, what's always been most important, and I would would certainly advise anyone listening in to kind of bear this in mind as well is that, you know, we position ourselves first and foremost as a, as a talent transformation partner to the people we're trying to sell to, right. Versus mm-hmm. just purely a software vendor, because right. a- any company that's considering a, a technology purchase is looking to go on some form of transformation journey. Right. And ultimately what's, what's important is that, you're able to help them take the next steps on that journey, some of which will be based on in the implementation of your software. Some will literally just be based on changes in process that they need to make. But if you can be an advisor um, uh, to them and help them, you know, m- make those changes versus just, you know, someone who is, um, you know, p- p- pushing a product, I-, I think that's an enormously valuable thing that you can do. And obviously it all starts with marketing and thought leadership. Yeah, no, absolutely, man. I mean, you guys... Clearly, there's something, uh, some part of the equation at Beamery that's going right. I mean, like between the the growth trajectory, the client, or, you know, the the client book. Um, so that's amazing. It's very impressive. Congrats to you and to your team. Yeah, well, look, it's 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 been a fun ride so far. I think uh, with all of the change in the um, in the space, as I, as I said, this is. Talent is something that might have been kind of top of the CEO agenda. If you look at, uh, you know, the kind of annual McKinsey surveys for the past, you know, 10, 20 years, now it really is the top bordering conversation, right? And if you look at the reporting, it's, you know, how do we, how do we change the skills our workforce has, um, so that we're able to deliver on business objectives? So this really is the number one agenda, right? For larger organizations. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, especially like between the pandemic, everybody going remote, you know, there's a whole set of skills and tech that people need. But now we've got AI hitting the scene as well. Right. And, you know, probably people like there's some people that need to use AI right now, but that number is going to continue growing. Like right now, it's kind of optional. Like, I, I feel like it's, you know, mostly the earlier adopters that are that are into AI. But let's seg over to some of the challenges. Like I'm sure it's not all wine and roses. Like what what are some of the things that you're uh, struggling with right now, or what's keeping you up at night? 
Yeah, look, it's a, it's a great question. I, I think, um, you know, one of it, what, what, one of the, the big things that I'm spending a lot of time thinking about at the moment is um, how we best take advantage at Beamery of an opportunity to adapt our story and our value proposition to solve a far broader set of business challenges than maybe we were doing six to 12 months ago. Yeah. So I think, you know, as I mentioned a couple of times now, you know, the world of work, which is the space that we operate in is changing. And the number one item on the agenda of CHROs, CFOs, CEOs, when it pertains to this, this area is skill transformation. Now, this is a, a slightly newer story for Beamer. It's always something that we've supported organizations with, but it hasn't been what we've led with, right? So mm-hmm. for us, the, the challenge for marketing is how we bring a new story to market, right? A bigger story to market, um, but also how we make the right people aware of it. And mm-hmm. that's an internal challenge and also an external challenge, right? Because it starts with upskilling and enabling internal teams, doing it fast, right? So that we can take advantage of a significant opportunity, rebuilding materials, updating the website, um, you know, new demo environments, you know, and a lot of this stuff we've done and, and some of it is in progress at the moment. And then there's also an external challenge, right? Which is how do you make sure that every business that we want to sell to, you know, understands and perceives our new value proposition. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, that obviously doesn't happen overnight. It's a sustained effort from from kind of the whole go-to-market function and, you know, the ways that we interact with, um, you know, influencers of the market like analysts. And it's it's something that we're seeing some some good leading indicators in terms of success around. But we have a long way to go, right, as does any business when, you know, they look to, to significantly enlarge the kind of value proposition that they have. So that that's, I think, the big, the big thing keeping me up at night just because there's there's so many different related components of that um, yeah. and so many moving pieces across across the organization. That makes sense. So give us an example of skill transformation. So that's, uh, I, I guess, um, is another way to say that sort of cross-training or upskilling. Yeah. So that, that would, that would, that would for sure be an example. Um, I mean, the, the simplest example might be, you know, you're speaking to an organization and I'm, I'm going to make this up, but let's say it's a car manufacturer, right? Mm-hmm. And they want to they want to bring out an electric car. And to do that, you know, they need very different skills in their organization than right. they have today to be successful, right? So, mm-hmm. what what does that look like? And obviously, there are different ways that they can achieve that. It might be acquiring a new company. It might be upskilling and developing their current talent. It might be, um, you know, hiring hiring new talent with specific skills, um, but the issues that businesses run into is that they actually don't necessarily know where to start because they don't know the skills they have internally. They don't know what they need, mm-hmm. um, and then you know, even if they had that data, they don't necessarily have a single holistic system to go out and kind of do it all in one place. So that 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 I think is kind of in a nutshell, the type of challenges that we will be working on with customers. No, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. So, uh, so it sounds like the the companies, like the you know the size of the companies, the industry of the companies that you're mm-hmm. selling to, is going to remain the same, right? Like it's not like you're going down market with a new offer, but it, 
but it's maybe the individual buyers, like the personas or the buying influences might be different when like you're talking talent acquisition versus when you're talking uh, skill transformation. Is that-, that, that that's that's exactly right. Um, that's a really good way of putting it. And you know where we see the opportunity, and again, this kind of comes back to what we said earlier on about the opportunity for marketers to tell a big story. Yeah. Right, a big story around kind of business change is, you know, if you think about a, you know, a classic enterprise organization, they have incredibly effective instrumentalization around, you know, financial data, around supply chain, but you know, where do they spend seventy percent, right, on average of their of their of their budget? It's headcount, right? Yeah. And if you look at how decisions are made in that sphere, it tends to be, a lot of them tend to be subjective, right? And they tend to be mm-hmm. on, you know, gut feel. How, you know, if you were able to bring the same level of orchestration to talent, right? And still obviously enable and empower humans, right? Within that process, because it is a fundamentally human area. What, yeah. what could we look that look like, right? And I think that's that's got the kind of big opportunity and, and uh, exciting next step for us. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, uh, this just popped into my mind, but are you familiar with Winter? W-Y-N-T-E-R? I'm I'm not, no. You might like it, actually. So what it is, is um, it's a platform whereby you can test messaging. So like, you know, as you're putting your big story idea together, like Mm. you might, you might have like a couple different variations of it. Uh, and you can go to Winter, and we'll include a link in the show notes, but it's just W-Y-N-T-R, N-T-E-R. And what you do, like, it's all B2B audiences. You go and, you know, select, like, company industry, company size, job titles, things like that, very much like LinkedIn targeting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can, you know, you can put your message in front of 50 or 100 people and actually have them, you know, write written responses like, hey, I like this part, I didn't like that part, et cetera. But it could awesome. be it could be useful in like in selling to a new persona just to you know before you really put a lot of money behind something in the market just to kind of get just to kind of test it a little bit. I love that. That's great. I'll, I'll for sure look that up. Cool. Well, uh, on that note, so it sounds like there's another big uh, big campaign story coming mm-hmm. to a theater uh, to a theater near <laughs> us. <laughs> Um, what else are you guys, uh, investing in, or, you know, what are some of your big priorities for the rest of this year or maybe Q1 next year? Yeah. So uh, obviously we are really getting into the meat of event season currently, um, trade shows, corporate events, sponsorships. So there's a a ton of blocking and tackling here over, over the next month or so. Um, well, I guess really it kind of extends into, into into kind of the end of November. Um, mm. You know, we talked a little bit about uh, kind of new integrated campaigns. Where we see, I think, a lot of opportunity to move the needle over the coming months is around continuing to enhance and up-level what we do on the ABM side. So, you know, we... Um, we have uh, you know, ABM teams in North America and in EMEA. So I have leaders, Kartik and Christy, that, that run those. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we see great return on investment from, you know, what we do here. 
um, both in terms of kind of regional events, but also in terms of, you know, personalized online programming, you know, close alignment and work with the sales organization. So, you know, we're looking at the data, this performs very well, you know, from an ROI standpoint against a lot of other channels. So, mm-hmm. you know, for us, we're looking at how do we, how do we go deeper here? How do we, you know, get more aligned with sales around our kind of tier one accounts, right? Yeah. How do we build more personalized experiences? How do we get everything, you know, more connected, more joined up from a reporting standpoint? Um, and to kind of go through the levels of maturity, I think, in any go-to-market process, it does require um, a ton of thought and, most importantly, a ton of alignment. So yeah. that's an area that we're, we're doing a lot of work around at the moment and, and one that I'm personally really excited about. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, ABM, I think it's uh, it's one of those things where it was, you know, it's a fancy, it's like a buzzword now, but really I think ABM has existed for decades. It's really just like good targeted sales and marketing at the end of the day. Do you guys have any tech that you use? Like are you using Sixth Sense or... Um, or anything like that. So we use Sixth Sense. Uh, oh, we also we also use um, Uberflip, uh, which is a helpful um, kind of content experience tool. And by combining you know the two of those alongside other technology like um, Drift on the website, we can create kind of personalized surround experiences for accounts that we care about. Um, and you know weave together a, a digital experience across the channels that we use and across you know what they see that feels you know as personal as 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 uh, as, as possible which is which is obviously super helpful yeah what do you think about sixth sense do you think it's it's all it's cracked up to be i've heard mixed reviews <laughs> um well look i think uh firstly what i would say with abm is it's it's something that you're not going to solve with a tool. I think a tool can help, but the main priority is getting strong process, getting the right leaders in place and having really clear alignment with, you know, your partners in the sales organization as to who the targets are, right? Who are the accounts that we actually care about? So for us, you know, our ABM teams are aligned to the most strategic accounts of Beamery and where Sixth Sense comes in and where Sixth Sense is valuable is, tracking the overarching engagement of those accounts and pulling in signals that we might not see ourselves, right? Like, are those accounts researching competitor websites? Are those accounts coming to our website and not filling in forms? Is it sort of, you know, know, what's happening in the dark funnel, right? Which is the term that Sixth Sense certainly evangelize. Mm -hmm. I think, so that part works well. I think if, if we were an organization that sold to, you know, any business on the planet, there are components of Sixth Sense functionality that would work far better for us. So, you know, it will highlight, you know, accounts that maybe aren't in your system that could be interested in your solution. Now, for us, that's that's not a priority because, you know, we're selling to, you know, the 4500, right, or the Global 2000, and, you know, we know who those accounts are, right? Yeah. So w- we're probably not going to learn anything new. It's probably, I would hope there isn't a sort of 50,000-person company that we've just missed, right? Right. Um, so, so that that's so that's less valuable. Um, but you know, we're still on our on our journey when it comes to the maturity with ABM technology, and um, you know, we still we still have lots to learn. And I think what's what's been great about the team at Sixth Sense is that 
they're very willing to to partner to show us how they use the tool and you know they've been really helpful in terms of helping us think through our our, our methodologies right um which is which is what i'm always looking for in a vendor yep that makes a lot of sense cool well you have inspired me here today to get out of the rat race of you know, just random acts of marketing and to come up with a big story uh, for our own org and also for, for our clients. And I think you've inspired a lot of the listeners as well. I mean, it's just so easy to get mixed up in that day to day. But you've demonstrated here the power of, what was that Navy SEAL uh, saying? Slow is smooth, uh, smooth is fast. That's that's the one. Yeah, that's the one. I think it's I Navy SEALs. I hope, I hope it's not a proper fault. <laughs> I hope I've not annoyed someone with that by getting that wrong. <laughs> no, I love that though. Well, thank you very much, Ben. This has been awesome. You're very, very impressive, and I'm impressed with B Marie. Uh, and they're they're lucky to have you, man. And your story is awesome. Like the way that you were employee number six, and now it's up to four hundred. So that's super duper cool. Are you ready for the lightning round? Um. So ready. <laughs> All right, let's do it. So question one, if you were to start a side hustle, what side hustle would that be? Yeah, I had to, I had to think about this the other day. I, I'm pretty fascinated by the kind of health, fitness, general kind of human optimization space. Mm-hmm. I think it's likely to be something in here, uh, in kind of that general space. Um, and, you know, may, maybe in kind of, supplementation you know one of the companies that i've admired is a, is a company called pure sport that make um really high quality supplements uh you know using things like you know lion's mane or um, you know different mushrooms with you know trop- nootropic um uh you know capabilities and you know using really highly high quality cbd I, I think there's a lot to explore here yeah. um and i think it's it's going to be a big space in the future cool very cool uh, question number two, top three books or authors or influencers that have made an impact in your career? I'm going to go a little broader here and try and give you three that have changed the way that I think about my life and my career, I guess, within that. So the first, and this is a a beast in terms of kind of a time commitment for anyone who wants to read this, is... Yeah. Um, there's an author called Robert Caro who's written a phenomenal four-part, soon-to-be five-part history, historical biography of Lyndon Johnson. Uh, I think it's called The Path to Power, Years of Lyndon Johnson. Um, and it's an amazing uh, in-depth account of his life. And, you know, I didn't know an enormous amount about him going into it, but it's deeply fascinating to see, you know, what he was prepared to do to 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 obtain power right and to build power and Mm -hmm. i think there's some really interesting kind of examples in there and i would i I just think it's a fantastic book and or set of books i would really recommend it either to listen to on on audible or to read um there's a book called not fade away a short white life well lived um by peter barton um which again I, i I love and I've read a couple of times. He was a high-flying executive central figure in the boom time of cable television and was diagnosed with cancer at an early age. And it's a, it's a really personal account of his own confrontation with, with mortality. Mm. And, you know, we're all 
I think it's it's easy, so easy for us to get wrapped up into the day to day of of lot of our you know our life at work and company building and you know that pace of life. I think stepping back and thinking about thinking hard about these things, thinking about mortality is important. And the, mm-hmm. the third is uh, a book that I actually read, finished last week called Outlive by Peter Atiyah, um, which is a fascinating book about longevity and the ability that we all have to impact that, um, you know, through things like, um, you know, exercise, nutrition. And he has an interesting podcast called the, the Drive Podcast as well, which I would recommend. That's awesome. Cool. Well, uh, those those were good. Those were good picks right there. Um, <laughs> and I, I was not expecting that. There were, you know, most people say like marketing books or psychology of influence kind of stuff, but that that was deep. I liked it. Um, question number three is how do you avoid burnout and how do you help your mm. team to avoid burnout? Mm. I think as a as a leader, as an executive, no one is no one is looking out for your well being apart from you, right? So it's it is actually a very important kind of personal focus and you know your team or the company is relying on you to be able to make the right decision at the right time and there's um you know in the kind of hand-to-hand combat of of, of working at a, at a startup or a scale-up there's certainly times where i felt at or close to, to to burnout i think for me what i found very helpful is kind of a committed exercise practice um I've kind of meditated off and on, right? So I'm on a good streak currently. Um, nice. And uh, and for me, reading when I can is again very, um, very, uh, very kind of therapeutic. Spending time in nature again. I mean, look, this these are things we all know the answers to, right? But I think for me, it's committing to them, creating time and space for them, scheduling yeah. them in your calendar, right? Um, if, if needed, that uh, that's really important because, as I said, no one's. No one's gonna look gonna look out for this apart from you. Yeah, that's true, man. Well, uh, Ben, this has been really a lot of fun. I've I've enjoyed it quite a bit. I'd love to have you back on uh, at some point. I learned a lot. I was inspired, and I'm gonna go come up with a big story idea uh, for the listeners out there. If you learned anything here today, or if you laughed a little bit, share this with a friend. Drop us a like or a, or a five star review. We definitely appreciate that. Uh, ben, for, for folks that want to learn more about you or Beamery, where would you direct them? Yeah, so if you want to learn more about Beamery, you know, our website, www.beamery.com is the easiest place to, to find out. Um, you know, if you want to connect or kind of ask me any questions or, uh, uh, or ask about any of those books that I've mentioned, um, you can find me on LinkedIn, uh, just Ben Slater, um, and happy to, happy to connect and, and chat more. Cool. Yeah. And we'll include all those bo- uh, books in the show notes, as well as some uh, some other links that were mentioned here today. Ben, you stay on the line uh, for just a minute, but for everybody else, that's been another exciting episode of Revenue Driven CMO, and we will see you next time. Thanks, folks. And that's a wrap. Thanks for joining us here today. For show notes and other episodes, visit us at revenuedrivencmo.com. That's revenuedrivencmo.com. And hey, exclusive for listeners of this podcast, Web Mechanics will do 10 to 20 hours of work for you for free. Literally no sales calls, no BS. Just give them a problem and they will put a team to work for you for free for 10 to 20 hours. 
even if you're already a client. If you're struggling with demand gen, lead gen, SEO, SEM, Google ads, LinkedIn ads, conversion optimization, if you can't get Facebook or meta ads to work for the life of you, or you can't figure out attribution, Web Mechanics will take a good hard look at whatever problem you give them, whatever programs you put in front of them, and they will give you an objective, informed opinion plus some advice from 10 to 20 hours of senior level attention. And that's just because you're a listener of this podcast. So I would suggest take them up on this offer. It's ridiculous. Go to revenuedrivencmo.com slash free, fill out the two minute form and you will not regret it. Literally zero downside, unlimited potential for growth. So do yourself a favor, revenuedrivencmo.com slash free, no hyphens, no punctuations. You will be happy about that decision.